Hey y'all, it's Red here with this week's Game Devs Quest Quick Tip. If you're anything like me, <laughs> sorry if that's the case, uh, you might have a hard time getting back into the swing of things for a particular project. Going from 0 to 60, getting back into the zone. And if that's the case, let me tell you what I do. It's a little life hack that I've taken to heart over the last few years, and that is creating these sort of sensual work connections, right? I'm creating these pathways in my brain so when one uh, sense is tantalized in a certain way, I'm back in the zone. Um, one easy thing that I've done is I drink only one blend of tea per project. Um, when I'm working on project A, I drink tea A. And when I'm working on project B, I drink tea B. Um, and the scent of that takes me right back down into the thick of it, as it were. Uh, the other thing you can do is spend some time creating a, a personalized music playlist for a particular project. And when you sit down to work on that project, boom, you could play on that bad boy and off you go. Hey everybody and welcome to this week's episode of Game Devs Quest, your once weekly podcast following two game dev scrubs and a game dev dem. If we can do it, you can too. I'm Rhett. I'm Taylor. Hey, and uh, we really appreciate you guys sticking with us. Uh, we're almost to episode 100, which is a real grand old time. We really appreciate it. Um, but before we get going, we really want to ask you guys if you got the time, if you got the, if you got the will, um, and all whatever else goes into this. Um, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us some reviews on your podcast platform of choice, be it iTunes or. Um, the other ones? <laughs> <laughs> iTunes, um, Stitcher, and more. Yeah. Reviews what... and ratings are the currency of the podcast world. And uh, sadly, we never push this quite enough. And no. uh, we're realizing that. And <laughs> look. What? Should I not have said that? No, no, no. It's funny because like, this is us going back to how we do things. But Rat and I just talked for like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, so here we are actually doing the podcast, but right before I was talking about how we hit over a hundred subs on um, Podcast Addict, which is pretty cool. I've been slowly watching that number tick up for two years and we finally hit a hundred. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so thank you guys for those subs, but we got a hundred yeah. subs there, but we only have like three or four reviews and it made me a little sad <laughs> yeah the truth is we don't push this stuff enough and like yeah maybe you like hear us at the end of the episode and you're like shut up uh in actuality like we hate this type of stuff too when we listen podcasts it's enough to just like have us claw our ears out so like we apologize up front but we're just going to take a quick second remind you podcasts uh reviews and ratings are the currency of the podcast world and they ha they help us gain visibility for like-minded folks if you think that there is somebody out there like you that likes to listen to two assholes talk about stuff um <laughs> uh then your review could be the thing that helps them make the decision pull the trigger and listen to us and uh and that's something that money can't buy um yeah so well, and so part of this too is I've been listening to some other podcasts. I've been, as you guys know, I've been doing a lot of uh, programming stuff, trying to prep in case I get a 
programming job. And so I've been listening to this one. It's really good. It's called um, Coding Blocks. I think I've mentioned mentioned it on the podcast before. And it goes through all kinds of especially C-sharp development, uh, .NET, ASP.NET type stuff. If you haven't listened to it, check it out. They have some good ones on design patterns um, and all kinds of crazy stuff. But I realized like they say probably two or three times during the episode, like make sure you take the time to give us a rating and review, which like is kind of annoying, but it sticks with me, you know? So I don't know. I guess we'll try that. But that, and then Rhett and I just talked for like the last hour about like, man, we're almost to episode a hundred. Like where do we want to (laughs) go? What kind of growth have we gone through? (laughs) Yeah, the truth is we spent the last hour talking about that direction, and I think personally, this is just me personally. I don't speak for Taylor, no, you don't. Um, but I feel like we got some fun things ahead in store for us, some fun direction we're going to be taking the show. Yeah, um, and episode hundred is just going to be the beginning of it all. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not literally, but you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, what we're kind of finding out is. Like, for one thing, I never would have thought that our podcast would have lasted 100 episodes. So that's pretty crazy. It's a testament, like, to us enjoying game development. But it's also kind of a testament to us as friends, which is kind of cool. Like, yeah. we could we can literally talk for over 100 hours about all <laughs> kinds of stuff and still, like, have fun talking to each other. So that's cool. Um, yeah. But I think over the time, we've kind of learned that like it is a slog like just we've talked about content creation in general but just like um talking about things is hard (laughs) (laughs) especially when it's about one topic and you're a beginner at it and also just like trying to balance hobbies with real life and staying motivated to continue like learning and getting better at game development like we all go through these waves and real like right now you and I are both kind of in this like dip in terms of what we're actually doing outside of our like, Oh shit, it's time to record a podcast for an hour. <laughs> like, like we just have a lot of stuff going on and I feel kind of bad. Cause like, I haven't been able to be as present in the, in the discord and I haven't been able to like spend a ton of time prepping. Like, I've been trying to get through this uh, last or this chapter in the design patterns book I'm reading so that I can get you all the observer pattern. Uh, but I just like a bunch of stuff came up, didn't have time to get to it this week. And that's, you know, that's just how it goes. So um, I wanted to like hit episode 100 and have like this bang, like new website, like maybe like, you know, even talking about new theme song and like all this stuff, like, but Mm-hmm. Life is yeah, hard. Yeah, me man. too. And we talked about this like 50 episodes ago. You know? Yeah. And here's the thing: like, maybe we're ahead of ourselves here because we're not to episode 100. Yeah, yet. it's like we, we. Yeah, we stop now. Yeah, we're just like fuck it. Yeah. We're done. What's the point? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no. I think I I can give you old Rhett Weisenfeld's guarantee. I'm gonna make it to episode 100. I don't know about you, Taylor, but I can uh, make that guarantee unless I like get shot up on the bus or something. So, damn, dude, why is it always like something bad happening to you on the bus? Because <laughs> the bus you know, is scary, like, man. Normal people uh, on the bus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, so the other bit is, uh, <laughs> well, I've been thinking about the bus a lot, actually, the last couple of days anyways, because 
Um, Allie and I are starting to look for houses and I've been all these places that we're looking at just like online right now. The bus time is like right now my, my bus takes like 15 minutes to get to work and all these other places, it's like 50 minutes on a bus. And I already like, if I'm going to die you know, when when I'm only on the bus for 15 minutes, imagine how many times I'm gonna die when I'm riding the bus for 50 minutes each way. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, That's, uh, yeah. Well, you live really close to downtown, so. Yeah. Oh, the other thing that was kind of funny. So, by the way, if anyone is looking for a house, I recommend the Trulia app. It's or website Trulia. Uh, it's pretty cool. It has a bunch of really neat features. One of them is um, a crime map. And maybe, like, what's the other one? Zillow? Maybe Zillow has Zillow, this, too. Zillow, Redfin, and other shit like that, yeah. Yeah, I'm sure they probably all have the, the, some similar features. But on Trulia, they have this crime app, and so they or crime feature. And, you know, you plug in the address of the house. You look at the pictures. You can look at, like, what type of food and entertainment it's close to, commute type stuff. And then this crime map, and it, like shows these little it's like everything is light blue and if there's more crime the level of blue like gets darker and darker and so i'm looking at these all these houses and like most of them are pretty safe you know and then like downtown where i work is like just so thick dark you know like (laughs) hundreds of uh ticks from the police log coming up and then like i I'm like, well, I wonder what it is where I live. <laughs> and I'm like, you know how I am. I'm a freak about this stuff. Uh, but I like pull up my address and it's like the second worst place in the city next to where I work. <laughs> I'm like, what the heck? How did we get yeah. here? No wonder why I'm freaked out Well, that's out just like time. university housing in general. It's always going to be like that. Because the truth true. is, is that the numbers are skewed by petty crimes. Yeah. Um, it was so, a lot of theft and stuff like that. Yeah. So, yeah. so you get thefts and you get vagrancy and like trespassing and all this type of stuff downtown all the time because posh people go down there and they're like, I'm sick of all these homeless people in my area. They call the cops more often. That's yep. just fact of life. Poor people get the cops called on them more often than middle class people. And it doesn't even have anything to do with the occurrence of crime. It just is how it is. Right. Um uh, it, same goes for non-white people too. Non-white yeah. people get the cops called on them more. Doesn't have to do anything with the occurrence of crime. Um, it's it's just the appearance of what somebody might think um, is a criminal element. Yeah. Um, and uh, and especially in university housing, you're going to get people all the time, uh, you know, partying and things like that. You know, people drinking a lot. They're going to get the cops called on them for wandering, you know, through somebody's yard to get home or something stupid, right? That doesn't necessarily indicate a level of danger. It does indicate something about the quality of life in that neighborhood, right? right? Like, you're not going to want to raise a family with a bunch of drunk frat boys prowling through your yard at night. Yeah. Um, so there's something to be said about that. But I'm always really weary about sets like that. It is interesting to see. If you can ever get it like a before and after snapshot, because I, you know, this is like part of my my career is like following stuff like this. Um, but it's always interesting when you can get a before and after screenshot of crime in an area like before and after a Walmart is put in. <laughs> <laughs> and again, it has nothing to do with like the level of danger in the area. Um, 
But, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of police activity at Walmarts because of yeah. the sheer number of shoplifting and the sheer number of, you know, car breaks and things like that. Like, you condense that many people and that much merchandise into an area right. and have it open for 24-7, you're going to get some trouble. It's like, uh, you know, in computer security, like the honeypot idea, right? Cor- yeah. Kind of like yeah. that. You put something that people want or looks attractive, so therefore it will attract all kinds of nefarious activity right yep so yep yeah totally um all right well before we get too far in the weeds i did want to shout out a couple people um so obviously like my episodes recently have been about preparing for interviews and stuff like that i wanted to say shout out to spencesaurus uh who in our discord has been going through some some interviews as well he mentioned that he was kind of like worried about um about doing interviews and so proud of you bro keep after it you know every time you interview it, it'll just make you better so good job man yeah um also crimson octopus has been doing like crazy stuff lately man i know yeah he's just in like i love following his stuff on twitter i know yeah it, it, well every day he's like working his ass off dude just like producing tons of content making the less the rest of us look cra- like just <laughs> believe it's in the dust yeah <laughs> yeah like, um and he's also doing a bunch of interview stuff so uh nice work crimson octopus proud of you too man and yeah. then uh you guys get some uh some baller status flung your way for sure uh zivix also is getting really close to launching bewilderbots um oh yes which i think it it at least well i don't know the status of it on steam but he's uh he has some builds up on uh, on mobile i got into his beta testing and got to play his game for a little while it's really fun uh so when you guys see that uh or see him talking in the in the discord make sure you uh pay attention get some links i think he's gonna have it up on steam pretty soon i th- probably launch like march or something i'm not quite sure yet but uh proud of all the work that he's doing and then last i saw today that uh alana Lanier uh establish her business which is cool oh yeah she did yeah pretty so, badass yeah so, she was talking about that yeah so i just want to shout her out again if you guys remember uh she came on to talk about voice uh voice acting yeah, she's actually been on the podcast a couple times once uh True. was a long time ago to talk about why we quit i think that's what the episode's called yep um and then yeah the other time she came on to talk about um voice acting and to talk about her game Call me Sarah. Um, yeah, call me Sarah. That's right. I, I was gonna, I was really embarrassed because I couldn't remember what it was, <laughs> but I'm glad that you yep, yep. you uh, got that. So it's always just cool because you know, like like we said, we haven't been quite as active, but it's always inspiring and really awesome seeing people in the community like making strides yeah. and doing yeah. cool this stuff. This community is like it's one of the most positive and uplifting, and get shit done. So right. I'm really happy to just see like all the cool shit people are working on, even if I'm not. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Well, and it's so amazing too that like we've had other than like those like adult uh, bots coming in the last however long, uh, we've had like next to nothing wrong. Yeah, no it's drama. Like, it's yeah. crazy. I feel like how did that happen? It's just like fate or something. Sajid, uh, yep. I approve. Yep. Good for us. And right. you guys. And, <laughs> uh, Anyways. Yeah. Uh, Any other shout outs? No more shout outs. Uh, do you want to talk about your thing or should I talk about my 
hell of a week. Let's talk about your week. We can get to my stuff after. Okay. Well, so I have this theory um, that you remember that you remember that gif or that scene in SpongeBob where like that fish is like just driving and then his face stays the same and the background like flashes and then he's like in his cubicle and his face stays the same and he's in the same spot and it just keeps flashing and then he's like brushing his teeth at night or whatever just over (laughs) and over and over where like he's just doing the same old stuff and then life like passes him by kind of reminds me of a short film that uh some really smart young lads whipped up one time oh yeah uh are you talking about the one we made yeah (laughs) except we didn't do teeth brushing and stuff we did like Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a deja vu thing. Yeah, yeah. That was that. I I have that. Like what we edited. Well, we need to finish it someday. For fun, I was gonna do foley on it just to see what it'd be. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And like get the voiceovers and stuff for like the parts that are missing. And oh, dude, that would actually be pretty sweet too. You know how like movies have the, the like sometimes if the lips aren't synced up, it like has this weird like yeah gives you a weird vibe. Do that sort of thing too. There you go. Yep. Anyways, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I felt like my life was sort of like that for a little bit there, just because I was like, you know, going to work, coming home, preparing to like get a better job, going to work, come, you know, all this stuff basically over and over. And then uh, I was about to basically do the same thing on Sunday, and. We, we have this coffee shop that's like two miles away that we really like. And on our way there, we heard a pop as we're driving. And I thought something hit our door. And then our little like tire pressure sign or symbol, whatever, came up on our dash. So we, we didn't have very far to get to the coffee shop. But we get there. I'm like pissed, you know, because we had this thing happen right before we started game devs quest um, where another thing similar problem came up and we had to replace all of our tires cause they're all wheel drive, which is like 600 bucks or something. And so I was like pissed thinking that we'd have to do that again. And like Rhett knows me, I'm not really a handyman. Like if it's not <laughs> on the computer, like I probably can't fix it. That's uh, not entirely true, but <laughs> it's, it is intimidating. Yeah. So like we barely ever drive and I like, I don't know. I, I don't even really know what we have in our car. So like we went, we were pissed. We like looked at it. We have this little like air pump and we tried to like pump it up and see if it would take you know maybe it was just like a slow leak and it wasn't going up at all so then we're all pissed off we decided to go in and get some coffee whatever and i went outside after like um doing some research like i thought we was gonna have to get like a tow truck and all this stuff and i was gonna call my dad and ask him like what he thought and i decided to check in my there's like you know, you open the trunk. We have like a little hatchback, uh, whatever. And sometimes you can pull up like that hidden compartment. And I didn't even know we had one of those. <laughs> <laughs> and I I pull it up. We have a tire. We have like all these, you know, like the jack, whatever, and like the 
wrench type of thing to get the bolts off. And I was like, tire iron, tire iron. There you go. See, I don't even know the words for tools. <laughs> <But> <laughs> I opened that up and I swear to God, it was like Noah's Ark or uh, what is that? The Ark of the Covenant, like, like <laughs> blinding light, like hitting me in the face. And I like instantly like close it, lock it, run back inside. And I tell Allie, I'm like, you are not going to believe this. We have a, a spare tire. <laughs> and uh so anyways i don't know how to take put a tire on or anything so we like sat in there and watched a bunch of youtube videos and then i went outside and i busted my ass and i like i got stuck on one bolt that wouldn't budge and i was like ah am i not gonna be able to get this off you know i'm like putting my entire body weight in it and finally i got it so yeah pretty bad those before where you gotta like you got to like climb onto it and then hold onto the car and like jump up and down. <laughs> Pretty much. I was so exhausted after that. And then I was sore. Like today's the first day since Sunday that I wasn't sore. So it's been like four days where like my shoulder was like killing me. <laughs> you know, here's uh, the thing though. And I think this is something that everybody should hear that like, you know, Taylor, you might feel embarrassed that like, you know, you made it to your age and like didn't know that that was back there and didn't know how to change a tire and stuff but like the truth of the matter is is now you know yeah and for most like modern cars there's always going to be something back there yeah and if you're not sure you can always check your owner's manual which is usually in the glove box right and it always has that type of information in there and it always tells you if you're not sure it'll always have um there's information inside your door about how um how hard or how uh you know much you should inflate your tires yeah. to you know which psi to put it on things like that like all of this information is available usually inside your car if you know where to find it right um and yeah. uh yeah it's just, this is good man because now you know and I next know. time it happens it's going to take you five minutes to get right. back on the road i know yeah that's how that's how i thought of it too i was like I was really pissed until I opened that thing up and I saw the spare tire and I wasn't excited yeah. that I was going to have to put it on and I was kind of nervous, but I, I did it and it was fine. But what I, what I was going to say, it was like, I kind of felt like that as soon as that thing popped, like I had to deal with like real life adult stuff. And mm-hmm. ever since that moment happened, my life has been crazy. <laughs> like, yeah. like, uh, I don't know. So, we ended up like the next day I brought it into Subaru cause that's where we got those tires. Oh, and by the way, like I'm pissed because if I would have known that tire was back there two years ago, we wouldn't have bought new tires. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, but I brought it into Subaru. They were kind of assholes about it. Like they didn't want to help me at all, but I, they ended up patching the tire and putting it back on. But I don't know. Anyways, I ended up like, because of all that stuff, I was like, damn, like we need to get going on all kinds of stuff. Like our lease is up in May and we need to figure out what we're going to do about like our housing situation. And so we ended up like, I got pre-qualified twice on Monday and I was like ta- talking with one of my good friends about, he's he's bought a couple like rentals and stuff in Eugene. And I was talking to him about like how I got get started and all this stuff. And he like referred me to his real estate agent and mortgage broker and we ended up like squeezing them both in on Tuesday or on Monday uh, afternoon. That's this is why we couldn't podcast was I had like I had to fix the tire. I got pre-qualified in the morning um, and then 
ran some errands and then ended up talking to this real estate agent and mortgage broker all in the same day. And, uh, yeah, then that night, like we had to get this paperwork sent in and, uh, started looking at like trying to narrow down a list of houses. And so like this coming Sunday, we're going to actually go out with our real estate agent and go look at houses. And it is just like weird. Like I've been really focused on that all week. Um, and it's just weird how like, I think it all stems from getting this flat tire. Like it just shot us into like reality, you know, it's weird, Yeah. but I'm excited. Like, I really hope that we can find a house that we like and, um, not get screwed. It's so crazy thinking about how much money everything costs, but yeah. Anyways. So that was basically my week. I didn't have a chance to do hardly any kind of programming or reading about programming or anything just cause I've been tied up with that. Um, done a little bit of art, but yeah, which we could talk and a I've little seen bit some about of your art lately and it's, it's, uh, inspiring. Thanks man. Yeah. It's getting there. It's uh, <clears throat> something I I still want to continue getting better at, and I think it's just going to be over time. I heard this story about someone talking about he's like a professional artist, and he like was working on a game, and he wasn't like super great when he got started with this game, and by the end of the game, like the style was so different because he improved so much, and then he like spent all this time like going back and like reworking a lot of stuff so i feel like that'll happen to me eventually yeah especially if i'm working on a longer project which by the way rhett and i are working on a project together <laughs> <laughs> can we talk about it i don't know like, if we can in any official capacity um i i just wanted to say that we have something up our sleeves that uh just kind of randomly like i don't know fell together like yeah um, it was really random on my end (laughs) yeah well yeah i had been um kind of working on something with someone and that's all i gotta say (laughs) for a couple maybe like a month and a half um and it was all just like kind of planning stuff and then you know we talked about music and writing and brought red in so both of us are doing some game dev stuff but yeah it feels a little more official than anything we've ever done. So I don't want to say much more than that, but I, I think if you guys have listened to the the podcast all the way up till now, you won't be surprised by what this is. And I think you'll be, I think you'll be excited when you hear some details. Cause I'm I'm excited. I'm really freaking stoked. (laughs) So yeah. Yeah, it's been kind of fun, and uh, like I was saying, like Taylor has been doing some art and, and sharing it, and I've been looking at it, and it's just uh, super inspiring. And of course, I, I get to make some music, which um, I think is is my forte in life. I mean, yeah, at least I like to think so. I'm not uh, I'm not as talented as many others out there, but uh, I I like to think I work hard at it. So um, it's been kind of refreshing. Like this last week, that's kind of been my artistic outlet. Um, you know, a lot of times I write and do stuff like that. Um, you know, used to, uh, uh, make my own pixel art and things like that. But th- this, this week has been primarily focused on music and it's been kind of refreshing because I've decided to like, you know, it, it kind of paints the, um, 
things that you read and the things that you view. And I found all sorts of like really fun YouTube channels uh, that I would have never known existed had I not uh, gotten involved with something like this. Um, and just been like really analyzing video game music. And, and it's actually been kind of fun to go through, pick a bunch of my favorite games and, you know, download, uh, buy or just find on YouTube or whatever, um, entire video game soundtracks and just listen to them all the way through. And, and actually what I've been doing is taking notes on them. Nice. Um, so it's been like, even <laughs> what, what's fun is like, even if you don't, no, you can't be like, ah, yes, he's playing the A-flat minor descended seven chord. Or, I don't know, whatever. You know, um, you, everybody has a vocabulary of which they can um, describe music. And we all do it. You're listening and you're like, oh, man, like that part where it, where it drops right here or the beat gets really heavy or this thing happens. It's like, listen to any two people talk about music and it's like they establish their own like code for it, basically, you know? Yeah. Um, it's funny. It's like one of my favorite things about working with musicians. You get somebody who's like, uh, <laughs> what was, what was one that I had when I was doing Sweeney Todd? You know, the director, we get this part and the whole band is playing this thing. It's like, bump, 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 bump. And it's, and, and it comes after playing this like really, um, like really, really flowing, majestic thing. And then it, it kind of like, spools itself up and comes into this like march almost. So it goes from this like mystical, magical, floaty type music to this like very rigid, sturdy bump, 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 bump. And, uh, <laughs> and the director looks at me while we're playing and he holds his hands out and he's like, it's demonic. It's supposed to be demonic. And to this day, I told him like, yeah, I'll play it more demonically. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, that's, I, I mean, I think that speaks to just like lots of different things, not even just with music, but right. Like it's everything. Yeah. Anything artistic, you can talk about writing, you talk about film, you can talk about, I mean, li listen to anybody start when you're diving into game dev in any capacity, you're like, all right, this is what, and like people are explaining these ultra abstract concepts in any way that they can. And so we, we developed this language together. Um, it's really fun. Yeah. Um, well, so not to derail what you're talking about, but I'm pretty excited because, uh, my wife and I also just got an acoustic guitar. Oh, um, fun. Yeah. What'd so, you get? Uh, what is it? I don't oh, even, you don't even know. I don't even know. It's actually, it's really nice. So backstory is I'm going to unzip it. So it might sound weird so I can tell you, but, Backstory is that my brother-in-law, like my my wife's sister's husband, um, his dad used to own a guitar shop, and he loves like going around and um, buying old guitars and like refurbishing, refurbishing them. them. And so he he was basically like, yeah, if you want a guitar, like just tell me what you want, and I'll find you something. Like tell me price range. And so we were like, well, I don't know, maybe like a couple hundred bucks. And he went and he found this really nice one and he like redid a bunch of stuff. Like it's super, I think it's super nice and it sounds really good. Uh, it is a Breed Love Atlas mm. series. I don't know. Yeah. Have you heard of that? Uh, Breed Love is a pretty uh, common, uh, not common by any means, but they're like definitely a pretty 
good brand of guitar. I've never played an Atlas series. Um, but, um, yeah, Breed Love is really common. Not okay. common. Yeah. It's common. What the fuck you want me to say, Joe? <laughs> but they're good, they're good, um, value guitar. Cool. Uh, yeah, we don't to me, need they anything remind fancy. Me, huh? I said we don't need anything fancy, so. Right, right. Yeah, I, I definitely think, like, you're not getting a beginner instrument with Breed Love, mm-hmm. um, but you're, pro- you're not getting, like, um, yeah, top-notch, um, whatever. Top-notch, yeah. You're getting, like, yeah. a good value, good playing guitar, which cool. is all I have. I don't have anything that's, like, fucking top-notch either, you Yeah. Know? Yeah, so I've just been kind of, like, well, Alia was, like, really big into it. Um, she was the one who Honestly, really wanted depending- it, so... Yeah. Depending on what model you have, your guitar might be fancier than mine. Maybe. You'll have to come down and play it sometime. Yeah, sounds yeah. good to me. Um, but yeah, it's cool, like, because Allie is really, really into it, and she's, like, taking some YouTube or whatever lessons, and I've just been, like, noodling on it. She taught me a couple chords. Um, but it, it, like, brought me back, you know? Like, I haven't had that feeling of playing music in a really long time. And it just mm-hmm. felt it just felt really good, so I'm excited yeah. to to learn and play uh, a little bit. Cause I like when I was making some of my games, like especially the tree game or the logging game, I wanted like acoustic guitar, you know. And how cool yeah. would that be if I could just like play a little acoustic guitar riff for my own game? Like that'd be sweet. So, yeah, yeah, Anyways. for sure. Yeah, man, music is fun and. Uh... Yeah, I've got your drum set set up in my garage right now. <laughs> <laughs> nice, dude. I need to figure out what to do with that. Like, at, at a certain point, it's basically like, it's yours, you know? <laughs> You've, I mean, it's only been like... Five years or something? More, more, yeah, I guess, yeah, about five, maybe more, yeah. 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 So. Um, yeah, I've played it in almost every musical I've been in, and I'm going to play it in the one I'm playing in in a couple months, so. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> hope that's I'm, okay. <laughs> no, nah, I'm just happy it's being put to use. None of the symbols are cracked or anything? Uh, I'm not sure. I only use one. No. Eh. I only use one of your symbols. Yeah. They were nice symbols. No, I mean, I wouldn't be mad if they, were, they, yeah. they were cracked, but like, I remember I, for a while I went through like that Wuhan China phase. Yeah. And I, so oh, yeah. that was like, it's like the cheapest symbols you could find at the time. And so I bought this like, like China symbol, you know what it is, I'm, but yeah, yeah. Uh, and I like literally one time we jammed and I broke it the like the first day that I had it like it well just, those Chinas th- those were like ten to twenty bucks yeah those Wuhans were yeah, cheap they were so cheap so you bought a really nice one a Sabian yeah um, I have that somewhere but you broke that not I, me I know I did break it <laughs> <laughs> but that it was, sounds better honestly <laughs> yeah it sounds more trashy you know yeah yeah that was like I don't know it. It, in a way, like, it was frustrating when I would break a symbol, but it was, like, kind of almost rewarding. It's like, yeah, put this thing through good use, you know? Like, Dude, you want to, like, hear something that makes you real sad, man. Like, so Kane had this, like, $1,200 ride crash. Oh, no. Yeah, I broke it. <laughs> and, like, to this day, he maintains he's not mad, but, like, it's, like, the way he says it. It's, like, I'm so heartbroken for him. Yeah. Because <laughs> that was, like... That thing was more expensive than his drums. Dang. Like, everything yeah. put together. Although, he does have some Zildjian, like, uh, Titanium series uh, crashes that are, like, really, really, really high-end. But I don't know how much, like, a whole set of those costs. Oh, God, you know? a lot. Do they? Like, oh, yeah, dude. Like, the... I, I mean, my... my I had mostly Sabians, 
and I don't even, they were like midline and each one was like two to 300 bucks a piece. And so, and my, like my drum set, which oh, yeah. was just like the, the drums and like some really crappy heads was like 650. But then all of my cymbals that I needed, like I had two crashes, which were probably like 300 a piece. I had a ride cymbal, which was like, I don't know, 200. I had a, that was one thing I really didn't like that much was my ride symbol, but I had one, so I kept it. Yeah, and, the BA Sabian. Yeah, it's okay. And then, I mean, so that with like the Chinas and hi-hat, um, I had a couple other symbols that I just like traded out. Like the symbols were probably like 1500 bucks, and my drum kit was like, you know, 600 Yeah. So. Your hi-hat was actually a crash symbol. Oh, yeah. I liked it better than like the the other kind that I had. I put I had yeah, one you know underneath and then the crash on top of it. Yeah, you know what's really weird is that I have like a really fancy, nice uh hi hat, but it sucks compared to the cheap hi hats I've been playing on. <laughs> like you get no like you get no dynamic like tone out of it. Well, it's all just like it's like all the same. It just sounds like you're smacking a piece of metal. See that's why I used that crash symbol was because it was kind of thin and tasty yeah, and you could more yeah you could give it a lot of like dynamic sounds whereas like the other ones like especially a lot of the higher end ones were like just thick pieces of metal and they just didn't yeah. i don't know all of the expensive hi-hats that i ever used didn't sound as good as like i think i had my very first hi-hat underneath and it was like, you know, some cheap starter one. So I had one that yeah. was underneath and then like a probably $150 like 14-inch crash on top. And it was just much more tasty, you know? Yeah. So. True. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this week on Drum Lessons with Rhett and Taylor. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, looking at the uh, Zildjian Titanium series, there's a, a box set that has everything that has Luna. everything that you need for I know she's super annoying that has everything you need that's uh, like $900 so this this one crash ride that he had was more than that <laughs> <That's crazy. laughs> more than a whole set of symbols yeah Dang. Um, which is pretty crazy and I feel bad about breaking that he ended up like selling it to somebody for like 200 bucks who was gonna try and like machine it and like fix it mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. if they ever did but that's it sucks because I've never had a crash ride that was as good as that one and it makes me miss like how much better like crash rides are <laughs> in general like I yeah because this one was like you play it and it was so big so heavy so thick that it was a pingy ride but then if you just boom give it a little side stick and then you got like the biggest gnarliest darkest crash symbol you've ever heard yeah dude oh, see, see that was it. that was what I found out after time playing drums was just like less is more you know like mm-hmm. my first drum kit was just a standard you know i had a snare the two mounted toms and the like the floor tom and then the last kit that i have remind me if i'm wrong but i'm pretty sure it's snare drum one tom that's not mounted to the bass drum above the snare and then like the other floor tom right yeah it's a four-piece kit and it's a jazz kit so yeah you don't have any like mounting hardware on the kick drum and yeah. your kick drum is is actually one of my favorites because it's like it, it's narrower but it's deeper. Yeah, it's super deep, long. Yeah, yeah. And then like I don't know, I for the longest time I wanted to have like this freaking like Mike Portnoy setup with like all these different yeah. symbols of different kinds. And eventually, like I just found myself like 
basically needing like maybe not even a ride, like just a hi hat and a crash symbol and maybe a china, you know? Yeah. See, that was the thing I really like about the crash ride is that you could drop the crap. You could drop a crash and have hi hat, crash ride, drums. Yeah. Just like super simple. You know, and I, and I I prefer the four piece kit because I like to have some toms to like play around on a little bit. Mm-hmm. But even then, like I would be happy with like that big crash ride floor snare kick hi hat. Well, <laughs> like know? I think Three one of the and, yeah. one of the first things like the first times I ever saw somebody who did that was um, the drummer for Under Oath. Like mm-hmm. I went and saw them like the first time, and the dude had like a clear drum kit. And all he had in terms of drums was a bass drum, a snare, and a floor tom. Yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> you know? But he was a great drummer. So Yeah, the problem with more drums is that there's like more that you have to maintain, more to go out of tune and sound wrong. Like yeah. that's the one thing. It's like when you're playing metal music, it doesn't really matter. But like no. when I'm in musicals and stuff, like I have to tune my drum heads <laughs> to be so specific. Right? Like and it's so irritating. Timpani. Like having to freaking oh. tune on the fly in the middle of a song. <laughs> yeah. Well, did you ever see my setups for like the last musicals I've been in where I've had to play a full set? And all of the percussion, <laughs> including timpanies. Uh, that sounds awful. Uh, yeah, it was horrible. Yeah. Uh, this time, hopefully, I'm just doing mostly drum sets, so we'll see. Cool. Um, but yeah, all that to say that, yeah, I've been composing uh, more music, and <laughs> and it's been just really refreshing. And again, like going and, and consuming media and, dice- and and dissecting music that I know that I like in a way that is understandable to me and not just like not just doing like an academic like dissection of the chord progressions or right um you know the scale runs and things like that like i'm dissecting it in a way that i think is more just meaningful to me in my mind even if it's more metaphorical or more um uh you know loose um and what's fun to me is that I've seen immediate results, you know, and I've shared some of my music with Taylor and some of the other guys we're working with, but was what was really fun was when I took all my music that I made and I brought it to a friend of the show, Lee, yesterday. And I was like, listen to this stuff and tell me what you think. And it was like he he like gave me like some one word things on all of the tracks and just like nailed them on the head. Like one piece of music, he's like I like one piece of music. I just shared it with you, Taylor. I actually modeled it after a song that's in uh, Donkey Kong Country. And it's the underwater, underwater ambience theme that I kind of modeled what I was going for. Uh, and just the way that some of these uh, composers that I've been watching on YouTube, the way that they dissect this underwater ambience from Donkey Kong Country and the way that they describe what it's doing and why it makes you feel a certain way. I was like, I'm going to go for something like this. And uh, when I got Lee to listen to it, he's like, he's like, underwater. That's what comes to mind. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I don't know. It just felt really good, you know? That's um, funny. And, and then another song he uh, he gives to me, and he goes, and he goes, "Wow, this is like there's just some serious, um, God, what was the exact word he used? It wasn't sad, but it was something. I don't know. Anyway, he's like, there's some serious like grief going on here. I was like, oh my God, that's exactly what I'm going for. <laughs> uh, um, in fact, I'm pretty sure that was the title of the working title of the song. I don't know, maybe he saw that, but I don't think he did. It was on uh, something else on Dropbox, but. Uh, but yeah, it's just been fun. Um, and just like 
doing pixel art, what has really streamlined my workflow is, you know, like when you're doing pixel art, you kind of, you, you take some time and you establish your palette for the project you're going to be working on and Mm -hmm. you stick with your palette. Um, and it adds some constraints to your work, but, but those constraints, I think like make you just work more streamlined, more efficiently, you know, your color palette, you know what you can do with it and, and, and off you go. Well, I've been doing the same thing where I decided that, you know, the music I was going to be making was a lot more folksy. Um, so I spent some time picking out sounds and instruments and things that were particularly folksy. Um, and even if the music I'm not making is, even if it's not folk related, I'm still using those um, instruments and those tones and it's just made making music so much more fun because everything I'm making sounds like it belongs to the same project, right? Like it sounds like it belongs on the same album. If you'll, um, yeah. you know, permit me that comparison. Well, yeah, I've, um, I've liked it and not to get into details, but I've liked it just because it, it kind of sounds exactly like what we're going for. And it kind of sounds Nintendo, you know, like, yeah. like, or, old school final fantasy with strings and stuff you know what i yeah. mean in fact like the number one sound i've been going for is nobu uh nobuo uematsu who was final fantasy's uh composer i probably said his name wrong sorry guys but uh yeah i was going for that like early you know final fantasy 2 final fantasy 3 sound yeah you know? yeah you could tell um, and some other stuff that doesn't sound anything like that but um but yeah. I was going for Nintendo games. Um, and in fact, those are the two people that I've really studied the most is Nobuo Matsu and uh, what's his name? Co- uh, Kanjo? Yeah. What's his name? Fuck. Donkey, no, I sound like an idiot. Donkey Kong guy? No, the guy that did, did the Mario music. Oh. Uh, I think it's Kanjo, right? Kanjo. Koji Kondo. Damn it. Oh. <laughs> But anyway, I've been like really just setting Koji Kondo and setting Nobu Matsu as well as some of the others that I really like, uh, like Jeremy Soule, uh, who did uh, Marwind, of course. Nice, yeah. Um, and I think the I think the results speak for themselves because this is some of the more inspired music like I've ever made, at least in my mind. I don't know. Maybe it'll dry up soon. Maybe I'm just like kind of running that high wherever it'll go. But yeah, uh, one of the things that really pleased me was when. Uh, you know, I shared some of it with you and you're like, ah, like you nailed the instrument choice. Yeah. I was like, yes. <laughs> I think you did. And I, and I think that's exactly what I mean by it sounds like Nintendo. It like mm-hmm. it, it is familiar because you've studied the style we're going for. So yeah. 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 And we'll, you know, we'll see. It's been a lot of fun. Um, and uh, it's given me an excuse to pull out my old MIDI keyboard controller and have that in front of my desk. Nice. <laughs> and it's given me an excuse to stay up late and listen to music. Um, I've been trying to like listen to a whole original soundtrack like every day. Nice. Um, yeah. That's cool, dude. Yeah, there's uh, some that are really freaking long to get through, but uh, <laughs> and we'll see. That probably won't last much in the next week, but I'm still going to try and keep going through new soundtracks and things like that. And just trying to take notes when I can, but yeah, um, you know, and I think that that's something to be said. I know I was looking at a lot of um, other like music, uh, video game music composing chat rooms and things like that. And so many people focus on um, 
the tools that they have available to them, which is great. And I encourage you to do that. There's lots of free resources out there. Um, but for years and years, I've had like some paid resources and I've had this uh, MIDI keyboard in front of me. Um, and I got to say, like just pulling out the keyboard, which is something I rarely ever do because it's big, it's clunky, it takes up a lot of room. Um, and then when I'm done, I got to put it away. Um, pulling out that keyboard is just like really, I think, refined a lot of what I'm doing, makes it uh, uh, more tactile in a way. I'm able to play around. I'm able to, like, if I have a chord progression, then just pick another instrument and, like, play around with some melodies a lot easier. Um, and a lot of these free resources, they have you clicking and drawing your melodies into a sequencer, which there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, that's the way that I prefer to do things. But like taking that away and going with this more tactile thing. It's fun because I think it's makes me see how the music is connected to itself, how the music flows into itself. I'm able to like, I think I, I feel like it helps me understand the concepts a little bit more, even if I don't fully know what it is that I'm doing, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, like if I don't technically or officially know what I'm doing, being able to see what I'm doing on the keyboard makes it connect in the grander set and the grander scheme of things in my mind, which has just been really fun because I feel like it connects a lot of concepts that I know about on guitar um, right. and just musically uh, that I otherwise wouldn't have understood. Uh, it's been a really fun educational week for me. So Good. looking forward to carrying this, uh, carrying this momentum forward. Yeah, man. Yeah, I've, um, go ahead. Yeah, one thing that's been fun for me, and and so my focus has been pixel art recently, outside of just like .NET programming. Yeah, um, and I gotta say, dude, looking at your pixel art has helped immensely. Good. <laughs> yeah, like, so like you got in, you know, two months after we started like talking about everything, and I spent yeah. like two months, well, that whole time basically like just experimenting trying to find my my style trying to find my color palette all this stuff um it's really helped for one not having absolute control like yeah most i agree i think you and i talked about this yeah because like most of the games that i've made have been all by myself which which is awesome but it puts a lot of pressure on myself to do everything and here like I'm not even like the brains behind it really. Like my voice counts, but um, I my main thing is art this time, which is never something I would imagine I would have said in my life. But <laughs> I'm the artist, so I'm like, you know, st like studying um, Super Nintendo pixel art and studying like, you know people that I games that I really like, you know, studying how they've done certain things and then trying like like where I've got to now is that I've scrapped this idea of picking a color palette and I've just kind of like gone off of feel and but I've adjusted. So I've built I'm building my own color palette and I'm going to stick to that instead of just like kind of random, you know. Um and that's really helped me feel like I have a lot of freedom. And the other thing that's really helped is that like normally I would like, you know, make a character and he would be in one file and then I would make a tree and it would be in another file 
And I wouldn't like see all this stuff put together until I got into like unity and like saw it all, you know, but I've actually kind of started all of the art by building this little scene and just continuing to iterate on the scene and add to it. And it's really helped me, I think, kind of capture the whole vision of what I want this world to look like. So I don't know. It's interesting. It's nice. Like, honestly, it's nice not having to worry about programming or anything besides art. Yeah. Uh, and I think I'm becoming a better artist for it. So that's something I'm I'm going to strive to um, kind of bake into my normal life is just like doing some art every single day. And I've considered maybe doing an art stream once a week or something. So I'll keep, keep you updated on that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, I considered doing like a music stream, but then I was like, that's going to be so boring for some people just like, because <laughs> sometimes it's just me like fine tuning stupid stuff or trying to, you know, figure out, I don't know. Like the other day I spent like an hour trying to like sort out a couple different chord progressions, like literally like two chords, just trying to like <laughs> sort out. Oh my God. It was the worst. Yeah. I mean, definitely streaming is weird because you feel like you have to do a do things yeah, a certain way perform. and perform yeah but i've definitely watched some streams of people who um just were composing music so i don't know oh i have too man yeah i used to watch Afixa. he um he's a famous producer famous mostly for his uh dubstep remix of uh i think it's like the kokiri forest theme from legend of zelda anyway he does like a famous dubstep remix of that anyway uh i watch him on twitch i used to watch him on twitch all the time nice um which was really fun just to see because he uses the same daw as me and all that type see, of stuff too which that would be that would be that would attract people you know because he used yeah. Fruity loops still right yeah yeah so people might want to learn Fruity loops yeah, it's too late for me to change. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know, man. But yeah, so that's what we're doing this week. Yeah, sorry we uh, can't give you any details. Um, we will probably plan out an episode where we talk specifically about that and might have some guests. So uh, yeah. stay tuned. We'll uh, we'll keep you posted as much as we can. Uh. What else? Anything else, Rhett? Oh, I did want to say that one of the YouTubers that I've been watching a lot of about video game music scores, if anybody else is interested in this like I am, check out 8-Bit Music Theory. Um, this guy is really well-educated uh, musician. Um, he knows what he's talking about. And his stuff, like, his stuff doesn't really come from like a beginner level perspective um but he has some beginner level videos that help i think dissect the vernacular that he's using um and then also like it's just kind of fun to listen and even if you don't understand the technical aspects of what he's talking about you can understand a lot of the other stuff like i was saying like how you can understand that oh this like this chord, yeah, it, it's like creating tension. Like we can all feel that, you know, this chord creates tension. This chord wants to resolve. Yeah. You know, like we, even if you don't quite understand what that means right away, you'll hear it. Um, and it's really fun because he goes through a lot of um, Nintendo music, specifically, like he mostly does like Zelda and Final Fantasy. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, but those are like some of the most interesting ones, especially Zelda music is fascinating. Um, but I really highly recommend 8-Bit Music Theory. Um, it's been a lot of fun. He only has like, I don't know, 30 or 40 videos. And I've watched them all by now. But, Dang. Um, yeah, they're not like very long, like maybe 20 minutes at the most. But Yeah. Yeah, yeah I watched um, just like a tiny bit of one. It looked really good. Might have to check some yeah. of these out. Learn some things. Cool. Other than that, huh? I said learn some things. Yeah, things. So I want to um, I want to leave us off with a question that's starting to pop up nowadays. Okay. And, and it's rhetorical, so don't feel like you have to answer it, Rhett. All right. All right? Okay. Billionaires. Should they exist? Yeah. That's it. Think about it. <laughs> do, you, do you want me to answer? Because I have an answer. Well, I think I know your answer, but let's leave it for the listener to interpret. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Cool. Uh, and uh, guys, I just want to ask you one more time before we sign off. I'll make it real quick. Please leave us a rating and review on your podcast platform of choice, be it iTunes, whatever else it is. Doesn't even have to be five stars. If you think we're shit, leave us a one star review and say you think we're shit. Because um, the truth is, is that we can't get better unless you tell us. And also, uh, ratings and reviews are the currency of the podcast world, and they help us connect with people just like you who are like minded, who are thinking the same things, who are interested in the same topics, who want to expand their horizons. And we want to connect with them too. So, um, you know, if you could do that, it would mean the world to us. It only takes a second. But of course, if you can't do it, we completely understand. And we thank you for considering it regardless. Um, yeah, I want to and- I want to put a goal out there because right now, like, I mean, we have yeah, almost 100 have like episodes no and we have four, <laughs> four, of a, four reviews. So yeah. I want to set a we- goal of 20. Will you guys give yeah. us 20 reviews? That'd be awesome. That would be much appreciated. Well, and like, and we already owe we already owe everything we are to you guys. So, what's a little bit more? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, and if you guys are uh, wanting to engage with the shit that we're talking about, you can do that over on Twitter. We're at Game Devs Quest. You can join uh, our Discord server um, and have a chat with everybody else that's in there and us occasionally. Lately, sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and the link for that is bit.ly forward slash GDQ Discord. And, of course, uh, hosting a podcast isn't necessarily a free endeavor. We like to make it free for everybody that's enjoying themselves. And we're never going to ask you for, uh, you know, we're never going to ask you to pay to listen to what we're doing. Um, But if you guys want to pitch in financially, you can do so by buying yourself some cool shit over on HumbleBundle.com. You can literally buy anything on their website in the store, a monthly subscription. Uh, You can buy a bundle. And if you use our uh, URL... Anything you buy, we get like a sweet little kickback from, um, you know, it might only be like, I don't know, a couple percent or whatever, but every little transaction helps and it helps us pay our hosting and, uh, pay our, 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 our fees like that to keep the lights on. Um, that link is bit.ly forward slash GDQ hyphen humble. Um, and again, if you click that link and buy anything within 24 hours, just a little bit goes to us. And if you think that we're shit and we don't deserve anything, then go buy something anyway and don't use our link. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and tell us all about it on Twitter. Yeah, there's some um, ac- there's some sweet uh, more programming book bundles on there right now. Yeah, so. there is. And for anybody that's interested, there's a sweet electronic music book bundle. Yeah. Um, you know, I've actually... From MIT Press, so it's a little dry, but yeah. Don't you have a like a kindle or something uh nook yeah yeah i've been kind of considering that 
uh, lately because now I have so many of these books and I'm tired of reading them on my phone. <laughs> yeah, I have a Kindle and a Nook. Oh, really? Yeah, Which... the Kindle is the e-ink screen, and so that's like the one that is more book-like mm-hmm. and I really enjoy reading on. The other one has a full LED screen. Oh, okay. Um, and I use that one for comics. Gotcha. Um, comics uh, can work on the e-ink screen as well. It's just uh, black and white. There's no color. Oh, And there's no backlighting. Yeah. Um, cool. But I've been enjoying using the Nook, which has the LED screen. I've been uh, using that for um, lots of other things, too. I use it to have my character sheets on when I play Dungeons & Dragons. Um, nice. I use it to... A uh, little bit ago, when I was practicing for the musical I'm going to be performing in, uh, I had my music on that attached to my uh, t- attached to a stand, so I could just flip through it with one hand. I use it for music when I play live shows, and I if somebody requests something and I want to play it, I can look it up and put it on the Nook. Oh, that's smart. Um, yeah, and also I use it for just like lots of textbooks in general, especially books with lots of like coding diagrams or anything like that. Um, you, I can bring it up on the Nook and it's full color, full picture, everything. Um, so that's kind of what I use it for. I, I So a lot of these books um, on the Humble Bundle, um, comics, textbooks, I put on the Nook. And then novels and things that I want a more just regular book experience, I put on my Kindle. Both of which um, I didn't buy and I would have never gotten an e-reader um, for myself. But my wife bought me a Kindle and I ended up really enjoying it. Um, just like that e-ink screen, it's a lot yeah. more like reading a paper than you think it is. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking too, and it, I'm kind of tempted, but we'll see. Yeah. Speaking of the only, da- huh? What Sorry. were you gonna say? No, no. Go I was gonna say the only downside is sometimes you get option paralysis if you put too many books on oh, there. Right. Yeah. Uh, it <laughs> becomes like opening your Steam library and being like, "What am I gonna play?" Um, <laughs> yeah, I could. Whereas, see that too. like. When I was in Guatemala and I had three books and only three books and yeah. I read all three of those books. Right. <laughs> because that was all I had. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was going to say this this book, Computer Music. <laughs> computer Music. Or uh, oh, Humble, Humble Human Bundle. Human Music. Yeah, I know. That's what I thought. I was like, Computer Music, Human Music. Uh, they have one book in here that I think some of us might be interested in. The Audio Programming Book. That sounds kind of sick. So. Uh, yeah. Check it uh, out. I ended up buying the bundle, and I'm pretty interested in a lot of it. You buy Sonic all Warfare, the bundles, though. <laughs> not all of them, no. But I really enjoy getting a lot of stuff for cheap. So. Yeah, I do too. Um, Especially when it has digital baggage. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. All right, guys. Yeah. Help us hit that 20 it. reviews, and uh, have a good week. Thanks, guys. Boom, 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 boom. Cue that music. Uh-huh. Meow, <laughs> <laughs>